everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. I have another message for you today in the series called Hope in the Spirit. I have a question for you that can only be answered by each one of you individually. I've titled the message today, Who Are You? I want to talk to you today about identity. So who are you? Are you living in the reality of who God says you are? Many of the issues we see in the world today are the result of an identity crisis in people's hearts. I'm sure you can all think of an example of that, even in your close relationships. There's also an identity crisis in the church today, where most believers don't operate in their true, their true identity. When I was growing up, I was around a lot of animals at home. It was my dad's hobby, and my siblings and I helped to take care of them. And I like to use examples from nature to describe the lessons that God is showing me in His Word. So I just had a question. If you would see a dog walking along and quacking like a duck, would you not question what's wrong with that dog? Or if you would see a duck walking, uh, or, or let's say chasing cars and trying to bite tires and trying to bark, would you not question what is wrong with that duck? We had uh, a swan that, I think my dad actually got an, a swan egg and he, he put it in with a, a little bandy chicken, and this hen laid on all the other, she sat on all the other eggs, and she hatched them. Well, she hatched this swan along with her little chicks. And this swan, it was gray and huge compared to the other chicks, and it grew up thinking that it was a chicken. It would walk around with the 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 rest of the little chicks and it would peck the ground uh it it didn't know that it was a swan it would follow its mother everywhere and when it grew older we actually took it and and just put it in the pond so that it could try swimming and this little swan just freaked out it thought it was <laughs> it thought it was going to die and just tried to get out of the water as quickly as it could it eventually figured out that it was a swan and learned to swim and learned to be a beautiful white swan. Uh, but the, the, the issue still remains that for quite some time, it thought and acted as if it was a chicken, even though it, hadn't, it didn't have a lot of the same characteristics. So I'm sure that most of you are believers, but I'm also hoping to stir the hearts of unbelievers here, to believe as well. So I'm going to start in Genesis 1, verses uh, 26 through 28. So in Genesis 1, 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
So do you understand that God created man to have dominion? Man was the first one to have dominion and authority on the earth. The earth was created for man. Adam and Eve then sinned, and they gave their authority to Satan by believing him instead of believing God. And I spoke about this in another message called Original Sin. So, what was the actual sin of Adam and Eve in the garden? It was unbelief. It's the same sin that we, if we uh, don't respond to the message of Jesus, the same sin that every person has the option to fall into. So this is why it can all be gained back by simply exercising belief. Jesus, as a perfect man, took all authority back from Satan, and he gave it to believers, and he made us perfect once again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke describes this in Luke 10, 19. It was actually Jesus, but Luke wrote about it. And he says, Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. This has been a favorite verse of mine, and I've stood on it many times. So Jesus took authority from Satan, and he gave it back to mankind. So our identity is who God calls us. We have been given a name by God himself. The Lord said to me one time, "Who?" Uh, he said, when you are who I call you, then I am myself in you. I want to say that again. God said to me, when you are who I call you, then I am myself in you. So that frees God up to work through us and in us. We are the body of Christ. We're not called to just represent him in name only. All believers are called to a personal ministry of Jesus to others. Living in line with our identity gives God the freedom to minister to others through us. So, what does that mean then for a holy and righteous God? How is he able to put his perfect spirit into fallen and sinful men and women? So is God righteous? Let's look at it. Romans 3, 21 through 24. So Romans 3, verse 21 says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So I know we, we all understand we've, if you've had any time in uh, evangelism, you've come across Romans 3.23 as part of the Romans road. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but we miss the verses before and after that. So it's the righteousness of God being given to us, not by our own works, but it's because of the work of Jesus. So have you believed? Then verse 22 says that the righteousness of God is toward you and upon you through the faith of Jesus Christ. See, it's his faith that makes you righteous. He died in faith, knowing that his sacrifice, his death, would bring righteousness to you. So can we make ourselves more righteous before God? 
if our works could make us more righteous before God, then it would make the work of Jesus of no importance. Also, can we make ourselves less righteous before God? I asked this question in an earlier message as well. But the same statement is just as true as, as the first one I said here. If our works could make us less righteous before God, then it would make the work of Jesus of no importance. See, his work paid for all of it. Jesus himself became sin for us so that his atonement could not be voided by future sin. See, that was 2,000 years ago. The work that he did there made me righteous today. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So I am the righteousness of God in Christ, and so are you if you've been born again. This is a phrase that we should repeat out loud every day, if that's what it takes, to remind our hearts. In order to manifest the life of Jesus, we must know and receive His life, His character, His gifts, His anointing, and His ministry. This only comes to us through revelation from our spirit to our soul and then will manifest in our body. So who is Jesus to you? Do you know that who Jesus is to you is how you will manifest Him to the world? That's a truth that it becomes real to us in every one of our relationships. Every time we interact with another person, who Jesus is to you is how you will manifest him to the world. There are, other, there are two other uh, scriptures from Paul that describe this. Uh, Philippians 3.9 says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the, of the law, but through the, the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God, by faith. And then Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So righteousness in the New Testament is not a standard of moral conduct, but instead it's a position, position that we have in the presence of God because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. I feel like I need to say the last, that, the last phrase there again, because it so defines our identity in Jesus. Righteousness in the New Testament is not a standard of moral conduct, but instead, it's a position that we have in the presence of God because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Our addiction to legalism is driven by our unwillingness to trust God. If we truly trust God to make us righteous by faith, we will act with purity because we are righteous, not in order to be righteous. Do you understand? Your position with God, your identity in Him is what informs your actions. It's not that your actions are what make you righteous or not. To God. So Paul described this way of living in Ephesians 4, 17 uh, and 18. And I'd like, to, I'd like to read that here. So Ephesians 4, 17 
Now uh, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling, okay, that's verse 19. Okay, so because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. That's the end of verse 18. So he says, don't be like that. The view and opinion that you have of God and the gospel will directly influence the quality of life that you live as a Christian. Do you see, he, said, he says, don't be as the other nations. Don't be as the Gentiles. Now we, whether we're a Jew or not, we are grafted into the life of God, into the kingdom of God. He says they are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So check your heart. Is your heart hardened before God? We should respond in the spirit instead of reacting in the flesh. Do you realize that when we respond in the spirit, we respond by the identity of who we are in, inside. We can't see it. But if we react in the flesh... We take the, the, the things that we're dealing with in our flesh and we react accordingly instead of saying, wait, that's not who I really am. Who I really am is what's inside in my spirit. So I'm going to keep reading in Ephesians 4 and just look at verses uh, 22 through 24 here. Verse 22 says, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you see here that this is a new creation? This was created in true righteousness and holiness. This only requires that we exercise our faith, the faith that we've been given, and we simply believe. Romans 1, uh, 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. This belief in Jesus then makes us partakers of the very nature of God himself. We have not earned this for ourselves, nor is it something we can ever add to. Salvation and identity in Jesus is something we can only ever receive. See, it's a gift. Everything that is added to us from there continues to be a gift. We receive these gifts in the same way that we receive the gift of salvation. Peter actually described this in 2 Peter 1, uh, verses 3 through 11. Actually, 2 Peter 1, 3, I'm sure we've heard it. Um, it says, as his divine power has given to us. But I'd like to, I'd like to continue reading all the way through verse 11 there. Because there's so much more... Um, there's so much more that's described, and it's so clear. All right, Second Peter verse one, uh, chapter one, verse three. 
says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do you see here that he says that they have forgotten, that he, this man has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. He didn't say that his sins are even affecting him. It was the blindness of his heart, the hardness of his heart that was affecting his actions. So I will ask you this again. Who are you? The answer is, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ. This would be something that you should repeat every day if you need to. Say, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ. This identity should inform every situation you find yourself in. I actually had a vision one day as I was, I was in a worship service and I was up front and I was worshiping the Lord. And the song was just a song. It was a wonderful song drawing, drawing us into the presence of the Lord. And, and I was down on one knee and, and just in honor of him, had my hands raised and all at once, the, the music just sort of faded out, and I heard the Lord, and he said, Son, stand up. And I thought, I, I, can't, I can't stand up. I'm, I'm in the presence of the Lord. And yet he had told me to stand up. And so I did, kind of slowly, got up, and my shoulders were kind of hunched, and, and I was unsure. And then he said these words. He said, Look and see. So I realized there's two different actions happening here. So I raised my head, and as I raised my head, I looked, and I could see the throne and Jesus at the right hand, and I looked off to my right just a little bit, and there was a column, like a golden, it was a column of gold, but it was, uh, it was like a mirror, so I could see my reflection in it. And as I turned to look, I saw my body with the face of Jesus on me. And I realized something. There was, there was an, this intense revelation that was downloaded to my heart right there, where I looked physically and I saw with the eyes of my heart. He said, look and see. 
And I realize that 2 Corinthians 5.17, where I can agree with it in, in word, but when I see it for, in the Spirit for real, it, it has changed everything. It's changed everything about how I see myself and how I operate in the world. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So my spirit, the, my spirit man that I was born with, was born new in connection with the Spirit of God. I became a new creature, a new species of being. So I'm a new creature. And I am, I walk around in the Spirit, connected fully with God himself. And so I operate in every situation according to that identity. And so should you. Remind yourself, allow the Lord to give you revelation. Allow him to show you who you really are. Thanks for listening and God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.